Welcome to the original Vegan Business Talk with myself, Shane Jeremy James, where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode. And today we have Sabrina Farb with us, and she is the founder of BornVegan.org. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about you, how, how, you know, a little bit of Cliff Notes backstory and how did you get into this of what you're doing today? Yeah. So my backstory is my very unique childhood. Um, I was raised vegan from birth, so never eaten meat, dairy, or eggs in my life. And I grew up in a, a family that was very involved in the vegan and animal rights community. So I grew up attending protests and vegan conferences um, and and being involved in lots of stuff like that. And um, so that's kind of how it got started. I've tried a lot of different paths and things, um, but, you know, I, I just keep coming back to this being a big passion of mine. And so I taught high school for high school science for a couple of years before I sort of doing what I'm really doing now full time. And I, I'm an educator at heart. Like I love teaching. I love um, speaking and, uh, but I didn't really love teaching chemistry. (laughs) I really wanted to share information and teach um, about things that felt more impactful and relevant to changing people's lives and the world. And so that led me to quit teaching to do vegan education full-time through YouTube, Instagram, my podcast, social media. And then now um, I have a vegan info-covered camper van, and I'm actually traveling around the country speaking in person and in schools and universities to people about um, veganism. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. So what, what led you to decide to do that, to get in the van and travel around and decide to do that because that was probably you know it's a little bit of a decision (laughs) (laughs) yes um you know I say the universe just kind of pushed me in that direction I I love speaking in person and I you know as the pandemic was kind of winding down I knew I really wanted to get back in person working with people rather than just online and on social media And I had a friend that had lived and built out this camper van. She'd lived in it for two years. So I'd gotten to take some road trips with her. And I, you know, I jokingly say like really was the universe because a year ago this time I took a trip with her and was like, nope, van life is not for me. Like I am (laughs) not doing this. (laughs) Um, And it just, it just kind of progressed. And I just kept thinking about it. And I thought, how cool would it be? You know, I talk a lot about being the change we want to see in the world, being sort of a walking billboard of our values. And I was like, well, you know, if I bought this van, like. I could like cover the van with a vinyl wrap and imagine like that's really, you know, being a driving billboard. Yeah, yeah. um, It just it just increasingly seemed cool. And at first I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll just do it for a month or two short term. And and I still I've only been doing it since mid-August. So it's still semi new. Yeah. But um, we'll see how long I end up going. And I ended up giving up my apartment, selling half my stuff and uh, really jumping into the van full time. Wow, that's a big that's a big decision. So what has what has that been like that experience so far? 
Um, it was very, very anxiety producing at first to decide to give <laughs> right. up my apartment. So it's a it's a um, long way from teaching, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that the living in the van part, but then yeah. my day to day. I, I've, you know, still been speaking in a lot of universities. So it yeah. allows me to travel around and reach more people. Um, and I, I love that aspect of getting to go into university classrooms and other places and give lectures and presentations on veganism. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Right. Getting used to not having a kitchen and a bathroom. Not so awesome. <laughs> right, right. And, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a completely different living <laughs> Like, uh, it's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. I mean, that, wow. That's, ama that's amazing. Uh, so, tell us a little bit more about your entire business. So, <clears throat> it's, um, it has a lot of different facets. It's, yeah. you know, the, the content creation aspect. It, it's all still built around education okay, yeah. and sharing information. Um, and it's, um, I, I'm still working on a lot of aspects of it and I have like, uh, you know, Patreon supporters as well and things like yeah. that. Um, and I, there's so many things I could do in the future. Um, you know, I have ideas for, for online courses and things I'd love to add that all facilitate really being resources and tools to help people successfully go and stay vegan and be empowered vegans and, and activists as well. Right. Um, but most of it is, is really, um, you know, it, it's education and activism. So I, I reach out to schools and universities, and then I put the word out to my network as well when I'm, you know, going through a certain area or I plan kind of my route with my van and then, you know, other vegans and activists and educators I know reach out and set up public lectures for me or invite me into schools and churches and, and venues that they have. Right. That's cool. So how do they um, how receptive are they when you start reaching out to them and tell them about you, what you're talking about and all that type of stuff? So it really depends um, who is kind of inviting me in and why. And it's been yeah. different in different situations. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so, you know, I did talk to someone, someone who helped set up a, a lecture <clears throat> for me recently in Arkansas mentioned that they had, you know, reached out to a local like um, uh co-op like food co-op you know store that does presentations and and they had like a venue and they shared my information with them and and the venue was basically like nope we sell meat here we're not inviting her to speak um so you know I I get responses like that sometimes and then it seems that the the most receptive audiences have been schools where uh, teacher or professor is vegan or very supportive of veganism, right. but that's not the topic of their class. And so like, they don't want to be the one sort of being, yeah. lecturing their students yeah. or sharing that. So they feel like if they invite a guest speaker in, then I can, you know, present the information and they still kind of just do their thing. So that's right. usually the most receptive are people that are already kind of on the same page yeah. and want some way to have a third party share that yeah. information with them. That completely makes sense. You know, and I would think that even in that there's, you know, even when your name comes across to speak in, there's politics in there too, because 
you know, what lunch program is being funded by meat or dairy industry or do you know what I mean? Right. Like you did that stuff. We, yep. we know that goes on, you know. Absolutely. I'm sure there are plenty of opportunities that I don't even know about and that haven't been possibilities because people <laughs> see what I speak about and they're like, nope. Yeah, yeah. Right. I totally, totally. Right. But I mean, that's amazing. That's uh, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, gl I'm glad you're doing that, you know. Uh, and so. You know, you come from, I mean, it's very rare you get somebody that has been born and raised, you know, that that way truly is. You know what I always find? People that have been like vegan for a long time, like born and raised, like when I when I look at you, your skin is very fresh, clean. And I don't know if that's Thank part you. of the eating or it's just that, or you just had genetics, but I'll tell you, the I, honestly, the when I see people, and there's a couple of friends that I know that raised their kids vegan and so long, like they, their skin is fresh. Right. And even as I've watched them age, it, their aging is not that like they age, but not, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just not, uh -huh. you wouldn't know. Right. You just wouldn't know. Right. So do you think that's a part of, you know, your, your skin looking so fresh or you're probably yeah, thought, what the heck's this guy? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> No, I think you're absolutely right. I think the science, I mean, even just living without dairy, like we know dairy is horrible for our, our adult hormones and yeah. not a health food. So, um, yeah, I like to thank my parents for the great <laughs> healthy foundation they set for me. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I grew up, I mean, I went, you know, I started, you know, eating, you know, vegan and stuff long time ago uh but i you know i mean all my family you know i grew up in a place in canada where everyone you know it's a real meat eating place mm. you know right and it's like uh you know some of the women changed more over because it was like a lot of you know they got smarter in health health reasons and were you know reading and stuff like that but um yeah it's it's still uh you know it's still a long it's still a long way you know like they even mm -hmm. joke like when i do all these podcasts now right like some of the men will joke be like to my mom and stuff be like well don't watch too many of those because now we're not going to get any other food <laughs> you know what i mean like when i'm doing all these podcasts right uh -huh. <laughs> you know because you know because they the women cook so the more they watch me talking they're like shit these men aren't getting anything anymore <laughs> right um yep so uh, you know so tell me you know so you've been around this this you know, you've seen everything in this whole space and it's really evolved, you know, in the last probably 10 years, five years, you know, like, you know, you, I mean, you look back and you can, you know, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, you didn't have, there was no, you know, let alone mm. decent vegan cheeses or there was no beyond the meat burgers or there was like, there was, you know what I mean? Like there was, Yep. so tell me where you think, like, do you think the industry has gone in the right way. Do you agree with all this other stuff like beyond the meat burgers and all this type of stuff? Um, I mean, I think they are all really good alternatives that are way better than actually eating meat and dairy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's still like, like the beyond burger and possible burger. There's still highly processed foods <clears throat> with a lot of, you know, salt and oil in them so if your concern is health 
then it's still healthier to eat whole plant-based foods, you know, our, yeah. our beans, rice, grains, veggies. Um, but even from a health perspective, they none of them have the animal protein. None of them have the saturated fat that real meat and dairy have. So that's still a step up. Um, and of course, ethics, you know, they're, they don't unnecessarily hurt and kill animals. Yeah. So from, from that perspective, like they're, they're a million times better. Um, yeah. and, and I don't think they equate to, um, you know, getting us to, to animal liberation or a vegan world or whatever. They are part of that more options everywhere i think makes you know it easier for people to transition and i think that's good but that's why i'm a big fan of the education like if we just have those options without the education and information as to why people should switch and give up eating animal products then people might just eat them sometimes they might be there a little bit but it's not really going to you know push things fully mm-hmm. the way we need them to go so, um, I mean, they really have changed. Like, I mean, I've, I've seen such a huge difference, like you said, in the last five, 10 years between what used to be available. You know, you talk to people. I remember this experience. This was actually 2018, which is still already, you know, like almost five years ago, um, but shows how far we've come in like 10 years. I was sitting on an airplane and <clears throat> A couple sat down next to me and I overhear that they're just like talking about the Beyond Burger, actually. And my reference point, this is what it was like before that, was such that if I heard someone talking about a vegan meat alternative, I would have assumed that they were vegan. Like that's the only people that would have talked about something like that. So I look over at them and I'm like, oh, are you guys vegan? And they're like, oh, no, we just run a restaurant in Kansas City. And, you know, every restaurant's got to, you know, figure out their vegan menu these days. And I was just so stunned. It was like that was such a turning point and such a different place than things had been at where, like I said, if someone was talking about a vegan food item, then the only people doing that were vegan. It wasn't there wasn't this commonplace. There wasn't this idea of, you know, everyone's got to have vegan options or a vegan menu. And um, and so that that was like, wow, things really have changed since, you know, 10 years before when I was in high school um that that was you know and i things have progressed even more since then now i wouldn't be shocked by that but 2018 that was still a a much newer attitude right yeah i I completely agree with that too and it's uh and i think you're you're 100 right it has to be education you can't change the world without education and so you know you have to keep doing that because i even seen the pushback coming uh when beyond the meats and all that started to come it gave people also a reason to start bashing eating that way because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, if you eat vegan, it's not healthy. You see all this stuff? Like it literally like gave the excuse, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and I just took it because everybody looks at me and they kind of follow a lot what I do because they know my energy outperforms everybody. So most people in my crowd yeah. want, more, want more energy. Right. And so they're like, oh, shit, you know, this is like really works for him. He's operates at a high level. Uh, and I said, look, when it comes to like beyond the meat and stuff, it's not like I'm banging those out every day and eating four of them. I might go out to one of our chain restaurants and that's like my treat, you know, and then, then I'm eating healthy. Right. If I was banging those out every day, it, right. you know, it, you know, so I said, it's, it's the same thing. Right. You know, of everything. It's like 
every industry is going to have something that's not as healthy like a treat. It's just where it is, right? But I said, you know, I would rather, if I'm going to eat unhealthy, say, vegan or unhealthy meat, I said, at least I'm not killing anything. So, you know, so to me, it's pretty easy to figure out, you know what I mean? Either way, you're, you know, so. Absolutely. um, Yeah. So how about the industry as a whole? Where do you think it's going? Do you think it's going in a good place? And do you think the world is going to keep coming along? And do you think we're going to see change five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years from today? You know, I, I don't fully know. Um, what I think about the industry. I know there's, and I haven't been following it super closely, but you know, concerns that the, some of the meat industries are burning out or it was a bubble or, you know, it was a trend and now it's fun. You know, I, I don't really know. Um, I, I think I would say one of the biggest things that will determine whether it continues to be successful or not are that we have good companies rooted in the ethics of what they're doing. You know, people like, if you're familiar with Miyoko Shinner, who is so wonderful and clearly, you know, even though she has a wonderful thriving business, also is clear that this is still about ethics and compassion for her and, you know, that type of stuff. I think we we don't want to get too caught up in just the... Um, you know, business side of things where people are capitalizing on this just because it's a trend or they're just trying to, you know, jump on board with that, make a quick profit. Yeah. That That is not going to carry us where we need to go. And I think we do still need to have our, our critical thinking on and be looking at, you know, these companies and the values they hold and why they're doing what they're doing and who we really want to support. Um, and so I, I think that, because as the movement grows, as it becomes more mainstream, there are there are more things like, you know, Tyson jumping on board and making food. And and while I think having more options like that is good, Tyson is not a company that I think has good values or behaves well in the world. And they have a long history, right, of like exploiting people and the planet and polluting and all of these things. So, you know, when a company like that jumps on board, we still need to, I think, keep our critical thinking on and ask, like, how are they behaving in the world? What are their practices? Yeah. And if we have a choice, you know, between supporting small vegan businesses and, and, and you know, ethical companies when we can, I still think that, you know, our, that's part of our duty as consumers to still be making those educated decisions to try and support the, you know, the best and most ethical companies possible. Yeah, I really agree with that point, you know, and I help a lot of like small businesses scale and stuff in the space. I've been pretty good at back end operations and growing businesses and stuff. And a lot of them I tell, look, you cannot be scared. You need to push hard your story because true people are going to choose you before that big company. But they got to know from top to bottom your core values. You got to be showing it consistently. Mm -hmm. You can't be scared to get out there and talk, talk, talk. Because you're going to steal consumers from those bigger companies because they're just going to be like, hey, look, you know, it's, it's, I just use example with me. Okay. Let's say you got a, a, a business consultant here that's super good that's going to help this vegan business grow, right? And they eat meat and then you got mm-hmm. me. I know who they're going to choose, <laughs> right? You know, and so I've always uh-huh. been figuring out white space, you know, that's the good white space for me in a business, you know, period, right? Makes the sale easier. But I tell them that's the same with you. 
you know, there's a lot of people out there that they might even be flexitarians and they're like starting to switch over more. But when they see your values and everything like that, they will choose you, you know? So I just think we got to really talk and push that more, you know, to piggyback what you just said. Absolutely. Yeah. The small businesses, the ethical companies, they really matter. And and we definitely need to pay attention to that. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So do you think it's like, um, you know, and then there's, then there's the, you know, the flip side, is it good that all these businesses are putting vegan stuff in it? Let's just say, okay, we know this business is doing it for 100% the wrong reason, pure profit. Mm -hmm. Right. So the guy says, you know what? I'm a meat eater. I love to kill things, you know, right. But <laughs> I'm not going to mention names, <laughs> um, but you know, and then he says, you know what? I'm going to build this in this side here because I see money there. Do you think mm -hmm. that's good? <clears throat> they're spreading more of, you know, vegan stuff and like that, or do you think it's not good in the end? And I, it's a tricky one. I think it has some benefits in that, like the more widespread and accessible vegan food is, the better. Like that makes it easier for people everywhere to transition, right? right? So in our current system, for example, like I don't like fast food corporations, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, whoever, just personally, they're not companies I want to support. Again, I think they do a lot of bad things in the world, whether the animals or, you know, the planet yeah. or whatever. Um but I also recognize that there are some people that live in situations where the only food that they, you know, really have access to on a day-to-day -day basis and survive on are, you know, cheap fast food or the corner store or, right. you know, these types of options. So from an ethics perspective, even though I don't like those companies and corporations, right, if they have a vegan option that still makes veganism and a plant-based food more accessible to those people in situations where that's all they have access to. So on that side, in terms of access, I think it is beneficial. But in other areas, and again, that's why I think it kind of comes back to like, if we have a choice and we're in a situation where we have options, those of us that can be educated, informed consumers should do our best to support the vegan businesses, the vegan companies over those other ones. Yeah. And, you know, um, so and 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 I think there there are some risks that kind of come with those companies doing that, too, where it is just a trend and they have no intention of continuing that. They're just kind of trying to jump on something because they don't actually care about the ethics or the reasoning behind it. They don't last. Um, there have been, you know, a number of different companies and products that were available that I got excited about that no longer exist. And it was just like, you know, and I know some people would argue, well, if more vegans supported them, right? But I don't think like vegans aren't their market. They're, you know, yeah. if we're trying to make it more accessible, that's for people that, you know, like vegans, again, I think we should be really supporting and promoting the vegan businesses and the ethical companies. And I'd like to see our whole food system. Like I have so many issues with our food system beyond just veganism. I'd like to see it shifted more towards local community-based foods, companies, gardening, and completely away from the monopoly that many of these large corporate, you know, food and, and service companies have. Um, so, 
so I guess, yeah, like they're, they're, it's mixed. I don't, I, I don't know in general, I'm very critical of the corporate food system and of corporate control of our food supply. And that many of these companies, when we talk about access, right, many like supermarkets and even restaurants have agreements with cities that have actually created the food desert situations where people only have access to, so, you know, so it's like, we can say, well, oh, look, they're helping access, but like, they may have helped create that problem in the first place. Right. Um, so yeah, I agree. I, yeah, it's a complex yeah, one. It is. It's a very complex topic. It's a deep topic, right? So it's a, that just that topic we could speak on for six hours. Right? That alone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did you know? Uh, I just seen in uh, one of the newspapers. I forget which one it was, but Burger King started their own vegan, actually whole outlet as a fast food. The like in a, the UK. Yeah. Is that you in see England. That? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? What do you think yeah. a company like doing something like that? I don't know. I, I really, <laughs> I just, you know, um, you know, the, the cynical side of me probably says profit. And I, yeah, I do yeah. think the more mainstream that vegan grows, the more we are at risk of sort of being co-opted, of having corporations and companies come in and act like they care, kind of buy our support by putting out a vegan fast food restaurant. Yeah. When, you know, on the other hand, all of their policies, all of the things they're doing and supporting are still harmful and at odds with, you know, veganism. So yeah, it's like, I agree. if they actually maintain that, I, I would be more convinced if they actually switched out, right? Like, rather than opening a new store or rather than adding a vegan burger to their menu, let them take away some of their meat and actually swap out. Like if they were to say, we're going to make our official Whopper plant-based. So yeah. that's just the default. Uh, that would be so much more worthwhile celebrating or important to me because otherwise when they're just adding vegan options, then we're not decreasing or taking away from any of the meat or animals being killed or that they're supporting. We're essentially bringing new vegans to support a business that otherwise does a lot of bad stuff. That, that's a good point. That's a very, yeah, that's a very good point because they're right. They see that opportunity because there's a company in Canada right now called Odd Burger and they have mm -hmm. now their, their exact fast food, like kind of like McDonald's, you know, vegan kind of like even tastes like they're like, they've kind of modeled like okay. you know, their thing tastes. I guess they're, I haven't had one, but it kind of tastes like the Big Mac and you know what I mean? Right. And stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but they have, <laughs> 22 locations now and they have 17 more in the works in the next two years so i mean that's that's big growth wow. whoever would have thought today that a business model could actually compete like head-to-head -head fast food do you know what i mean like not just have options uh -huh. but compete like that right and and i know some people that are buying their stores and stuff like that oh wow. so, yeah so it's very a very cool. yeah it's really interesting uh to watch they're opening vancouver right away they're actually vancouver and four suburbs in our area are opening right away four so there'll be four here so yeah so wow I'm, that's yeah, cool <laughs> it is it's pretty uh it's pretty exciting that shows how much it's come a long a long way because obviously they have you know tested their business model with their first you know two or three stores and there's nothing the profit there to sell franchises so i mean that's a mm -hmm. good that's a really good sign you know on that yep
Absolutely. That's, that's the way I'd like to go and see yeah. things. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, when they keep speaking a chain like that, if Burger King opened a vegan full-fledged fast food against them, I actually believe it's going to be hard for them to compete and sustainable in that just because of what you said. Eventually people mm-hmm. are going to choose the, you know, the real vegan one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, it's an, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting topic. That's for sure. So do you find that, uh, you know, when you, when you kind of like, you've never eaten meat, Hey, like never even tried it. Right. That's nope. Crazy. That's crazy when I think about it. Like that's very rare. That's got to be so rare, you know, at this day and age. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. For, for that. Right. Yeah. Do you ever wonder what it tastes like? I don't wonder what it tastes like any more than I wonder what cat and dog tastes like. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, I use that scenario too, because, you know, we get all mad at China for, you know, of course they beat the dogs and stuff, which that shouldn't happen. But let's say they didn't beat the dogs. Let's just say they ate the dog. Mm-hmm. I tell people like, well, I don't know why you get angry at that because you eat cow and pig and all this stuff here. There's no, there's literally no difference. Yep. There's no difference. There's no argument for you. Right. Now, somebody that doesn't eat cow meat, pig and stuff, they have an argument against that of them doing that to the mm-hmm. dogs 100 percent. But I tell everybody around me, you have no argument on that. Don't even post that on your social media because I know you eat pig. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So, yep. Yep. I talk a lot, a lot with, about that one, push people on that one hard. and they, That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, so do you find, um, you know, as you're traveling around, uh, you know, and you're talking different schools and different stuff, is it a lot of people in the classrooms? Are they, uh, are they meat eaters? Are they flexitarians? Are they plant-based? Are they vegan? And what are the, some of the questions that you get asked the most when you're, you know, dealing with groups? It really depends on the location, honestly. Like I've noticed some pretty big differences from like rural schools to city schools. Um, and that that's the biggest difference I've noticed, kind of the mentality. And I get people that push back, um, you know, really common ones, especially at the more rural places. Um, you know, people get upset that I'm lumping together like factory farming and humane grass fed, you know, like they think that's better. They think that's more sustainable. Um, and, and they, they don't like that. I'm criticizing all of it. Like they think I should be promoting better practices of, yeah. you know, how we treat yeah. animals and, and I don't. <laughs> um, yeah. and, um, you know, I get, I, I've, I've, you know, kind of done my presentations in such a way that I kind of try to preemptively, answer some of the most common questions things like you know it's natural to eat animals and the protein question or you know is it healthy I kind of preemptively answer those so since I've been doing that I don't get as many of those questions you know afterwards um and I I bring literature and information with me and recipes you know that people can walk away with at the end but most of the people that I speak to in universities and schools are definitely not vegan, um, which is which is the audience I most want to reach. People yeah. who haven't heard this information or haven't thought about it and um, 
And I, I did recently create a survey that it's a little tricky getting people to answer it. Um, but yeah. it does kind of ask, and, and it's what I used to, when I used to teach high school, um, I got the opportunity to actually teach an in-person vegan class at the high school. So some of the things I'm doing now were developed through that. And um, when I did that, I did have a survey where I'd have students fill out beforehand, like on a scale of one to 10, how likely they were to ever go vegan. And then after my presentation or the workshop, I have them fill that out again. And I, in that situation, um, I had a few students that went from like literally writing one before the class saying they would never go vegan to 10, like I'm walking out of here vegan. Mm. Um, so I've had some of that. Sometimes students, you know, on average from that class, more students would move on average like five points. You know, they were a three, now they're an eight yeah. or they were a five, you know, yeah. three to five points. Um, but very few of the students that I talk to are already vegan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good because, you know, the, you, you're taught, you want to talk to that market that you're talking to, not the vegans. Absolutely. Only, right. Yeah. <laughs> So, so give a little backstory on that. So like, you know, and I know that's always the pushback too, of when it comes to, well, you know, why can't, you know, it's come a long way. Like now the cows out in the pasture, it's organic, they're eating good, they're treated right, right? So, uh, you know, the meat is more healthy, that, you know, they think. So give a right. little bit of backstory on, on that. Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's, kind of three main ways that we can look at that health environment and ethics and um you know environment is one of the most common misconceptions people think it's more sustainable to have grass-fed cows or you know they're out in the pasture chickens and the scientific reality is that that's just false and actually like the opposite there's a as bad as factory farms and industrial farming is there's a reason they exist it is actually a much more efficient use of time land uh energy and and resources to raise animals in a confined area it doesn't use as much land right we don't actually have to like grass-fed cows are are leading to a lot of a lot more deforestation because if you truly want to be more, you know, quote unquote ethical or humane and give a cow the area they need, then you're talking, you know, an acre or two per cow versus like all these cows on one acre, you know, in a shed. So then you're deforesting more land. Then because they're also eating grass, they actually grow more slowly. So rather than sort of being ready to be slaughtered for food at a younger age, they now have to live for an extra, you know, few months to a year or more. And that means they're having to eat more food, drink more water, be cared for more. That takes more energy and resources input. And they're producing more methane and climate emissions during that time as well. So grass-fed cows actually produce a lot more methane emissions and are worse for climate change. Mm. So that's that's a big misconception. And then ethically, of course, you know, which is where it really comes down to like, even if it was more sustainable, I I really don't care. Like, I think we can, when we talk about cows or when we talk about cats or dogs or humans, right? Like we have a human population growth issue on this planet. And we're not sitting here saying like, okay, let's go slit the throat of a few humans because that would be more sustainable. Like we recognize that human lives matter and we, yeah. we care about our lives. And the same is true of cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, fishes, right? Like 
even if they get a better life, we humans are still, you know, owning them, enslaving them, deciding the day that they last see their friends and family members and the day that they get their throat slit hung upside down and dismembered because we like the taste of meat. Yeah. And so there, there is really no humane way to kill someone that wants to live. And, and that is the reality of all animals that are killed for food. They all want to live and could live many, many more years. And we're deciding you're going to have your throat slit today right? because we want to eat you. What about the people that say that, okay, well, if we don't kill the animals, we're going to have way too much population of the animals and, you know, it's going to be way overcrowded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's also just blatantly false because they're right. We already have an animal overpopulation issue now. We have 50 to 100 billion land animals, more than all the humans on the planet that are here. And they are only here because we are artificially inseminating them, forcefully breeding them into existence for the meat and dairy and and industry. So and we them and bringing them into existence in the first place and their numbers would naturally decline right so um you cut out a little bit on that last part can you hear me still yeah i can hear you Uh-oh. can you repeat the last part you said a little bit it, it that last part was important <clears throat> and you cut you cut out so actually talk about that that say that again that just because you kind of cut out halfway through and it's an important it's an important piece we got to convey you got to convey okay um yeah so basically we already have a uh, an animal overpopulation issue we have 50 to 100 billion land animals that are here right now and they are here because we humans have artificially inseminated them and forcefully bred them into existence just so we can kill them for food. So they would not naturally exist in those numbers. And if we stopped eating them and paying for them, we would stop bringing them into existence just to kill and eat them. And then their numbers would naturally decline as the industry declined as we stopped supporting it. Right. And so the person that says, well, then they're going to just reproduce and you know have babies and stuff like that, a natural thing, and they're never going to be killed. So it's going to be way more than the other way. That's that that's false then, correct? Just it's blatantly false because like they're the rate at which animals reproduce naturally is so much less than what we're forcing them to do. We are literally artificially inseminating them. We are collecting semen from cows and forcefully impregnating female cows you know, very quickly with a repeat cycle for the dairy industry, for example, right? And this is happening through, you know, across all of the industries. It is so not natural. Like these animals, we would not have, you know, the billions, the hundreds of billions of them that we do if they were, you know, on their own living their natural lives. It's just completely unnatural and forcefully created by us humans. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's such a misconception because I hear that all the time. That's mm. the argument. I, that's one of the arguments that I hear the most. Wow. Yeah, the, by far. <laughs> number number one, by, by far. 
that's even people in my inner circle. It's just everywhere. Everyone's wow. that's the number one says to me. Yep, number one. Hmm. I don't, I mean, I get that sometimes, but interesting that that's your most common one. Most common, by far, by wow. far the most common one is, hey, if I change the way you eat and this is, then we're going to have way too many animals on the planet. Number one, by far, it's the one I got yeah, the most. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just false and such a misunderstanding of the current situation and what is actually going on. Yeah, you know, and, and that is most of the people don't get wrong. I, you know, there's people I love in my inner circle that talk like that, but it, they're all highly uneducated in that area, even though they're educated in some other areas, super educated, but they're very uneducated in that area. And often, and I say that often, I said, you know, you're a smart person and you're educated in a lot of areas, but you sure spouting off stuff where you're not educated very well in this area. Right. And that's a, you know, and they, they don't argue with me on that. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll agree and stuff on certain things. But um, so, yeah, uh, awesome. So, I mean, this is, I could talk to you forever because there's so many subjects, you know, on this that are just, I love what you're doing and spreading the word and, you know, creating change. You think the next generation is catching on more to, you know, veganism, sustainability, environmental stuff, creating a better world. Is is that next generation going to be the ones that are going to be, be really start to get it, do you think? I hope so. I mean, the both high school and, and college students definitely are the most open people I speak to. Right. And they seem the very, very receptive in general, not everyone. Um, and and I I definitely think especially on the environmental side, there's been so much discussion of environmental issues. And yeah. um, I, I do think the younger generations are much more concerned about that and want to, to make a difference there. Yeah, I agree. You know, and it's so hard because, you know, behavioral change is the hardest thing to do in a human being. So when they're, you know, growing up and just a normal thing is to eat meat and go to McDonald's and stuff like that, you know, it was like, you know, when we grew up, you know, uh, that's where, you know, you just went after hockey games. You know, it was just, you know, it was just in bread <clears throat> and culture, and, you know, and it was just a nor, you know, it was just a normal thing. And it even still today is a normal thing in our, in the towns back there. It's a bit different now because people are trying to be more healthy for their kids. But, you know, mm -hmm. when I grew up, it was like, you know, you, you know, there was, it was like you'd go to McDonald's after a hockey game because right? they probably thought a cheeseburger mm -hmm. was they probably thought a cheeseburger was healthy because it had meat in it. Yeah, right? Yep. <laughs> so awesome. So well, I love what you're doing. I mean, keep doing what you're doing, and you know, I'm glad I can spread your message more and and help help you out as much as you know we can and stuff like that. And traveling around the van is just amazing. You know, that's just a uh, what a you know what an experience that that has been for you and I think it still will be for you mm -hmm. thank you yeah it, it is quite an experience <laughs> that's amazing so where can everybody find out more about you uh, websites and social medias and all that type of stuff yeah, my website is bornvegan.org and that has links to my YouTube channel podcast Instagram and all of that but pretty much you know my handle on Instagram and most places it's Instagram is different. It's born vegan one everywhere else. It's just born vegan. Awesome. Well, cool. This has been a great interview. So much great information. 
uh, on this. I always love to have these conversations because, uh, you know, it's so much about education and stuff like that. So everybody go uh, check her stuff out. Obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of educational stuff that you're going to learn uh, from her. So I highly suggest uh, go over there and, and uh, start diving deeper into her content. And again, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for having me on. Great conversation. Awesome. Talk soon, everybody.